0: Welcome back to the Talk Sex Podcast. I'm your host, L Stanger. I have so much fun when I get to talk to my real-life co-workers in the adult entertainment industry. Uh, find me on Instagram, at StripperWriter. Find me on Twitter, at L Stanger. I am an asex certified sex educator. And in the night times, I am a stripper for the last almost 14 years. So this is the Strip Club and Security episode. We're going to meet... Uh, Nate Hazen, he's a certified bouncer in the state of Oregon, and he works in downtown Portland and perhaps other places too. So we're going to get to know him. Find him, Nate Hazen, on Instagram, and he's working on a show about the industry. Find that at Strip City TV. Hi, Nate.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much. For everyone who doesn't know Nate, um, he is the bouncer that all of my coworkers have nothing bad to say about
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you're here today Aww.
0: yeah you're you're a pretty shining example of someone who works in the industry oh. uh, as as a man as a cis man as a white cis man um, I'm really really grateful that I get to work with you once or twice a week so thank you for being oh, here thank for you show. thank you yeah truly so we like to let people know how they can engage in the adult industry um, more safely, more fun ways. So let's get to know you and we'll share some fun stories and tips, I'm sure. So Nate, when did you first start working in the adult entertainment industry as a bouncer?
1: Um, I started working as a bouncer in 2017 and then moved over to strip club work in 2019. Switched over full-time pretty much during the pandemic after everything reopened and um, mm-hmm. I've I've been where I'm at Mm -hmm. pretty much full time since then
0: Mm -hmm. how many nights do you work a week four okay
1: right now I think there's there's three bouncers at our club right now and two of us work four shifts and the other guy works I think two
0: some of that work could be really unsustainable for people who don't handle uh crowds or loud noises or flashing lights very easily (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and my first bouncer job was at more of a nightclub kind of setting Mm -hmm. and it did work in the front door could get really overwhelming at times. Mm
0: -hmm. Are people polite overwhelmingly for the most part?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be, you know, rude people and, and others like that. But for the most part, the majority of the people I encounter are super friendly and, and, looking to just have a good time and that's preferable
0: <laughs> yeah totally do you yeah. feel like so when you're when people are coming in the door they are met by you or another bouncer either inside or outside the door and you what's the process you ask their id and what else
1: yeah we check their ids i always try and give them a good quick rundown of if we're charging a cover at the time
0: mm-hmm.
1: then you know i'll collect collect that mm-hmm. and
0: what about pat downs?
1: Yes, um, you know pat downs, or we have like a one of those metal detector wands. That's mm-hmm. pretty standard. If it's if it's a slow night, if it's you know people that all people that I just know, you know the regulars that I know aren't mm-hmm. bringing anything in. But mm-hmm. yeah, pat downs are are pretty uh, standard.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you say? You and someone else have said to me that um, anytime someone's here to see Elle, you know that they're not going to be a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if somebody walks in and just makes a beeline for you and gives gives you a hug that's that's usually pretty a good indicator that they're going to be a good customer
0: good okay so people (laughs) some people who just heard you say that have interacted with you before and they are flattered um there's actually there's there's quite an overlap with our listeners and uh patrons people i get to meet in person so um they say thank you i'm sure uh so what are some of your hobbies or interests unrelated to working security
1: yeah yeah i started uh I started getting into psychedelics during the pandemic. I tried acid for the first time, and um, I've I've gotten very much into that. I've gained a, a big time interest in you know what psychedelics are able to do medically. I've I've done a lot of reading on the subject, and and mm-hmm. that's something sooner or later I I have an interest in potentially getting into you know now that Oregon is opening up you know psilocybin therapy mm-hmm. um maybe maybe getting into that sort of line of work
0: mhm and um, you're you're a veteran can we talk about that
1: yeah yeah i spent 8 years in the marine corps um i went to boot camp in 2003 got out in 2011 um mm-hmm. you know spent some time overseas
0: mhm and you feel like you said the psilocybin would be good for uh, some of your peers as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I during the pandemic, I spoke to a guy that I had served with who went down to Peru and went to an ayahuasca like ceremony, mm-hmm. and he had just such incredible things to say about it. And and I do think that there are a lot of veterans out there who are figuring out that that there's you know, a lot of potential in, in psychedelics as far as, you know, healing from Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, war trauma and stuff like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's something I think that, uh, I appreciate about you. Something I've noticed about a lot of the bouncers I work with, they're either former military, um, former foster kids, um, felons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's, you know, it's people that maybe are better at dealing with, high stress environments or conflict resolution, um, or procedure stuff. And I think that's really interesting. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Um, and that's like one of the biggest assets that I have taken with me from my time in the military is the idea as we were getting ready to, to deploy to Iraq, a lot of our, uh, pre-deployment training involved what was called escalation of force. And, you know, despite that term the idea was to try to de-escalate it and that's such a handy thing to have on the job is that idea of de-escalation
0: mm-hmm.
1: trying to trying to squash a conflict at the lowest level possible and and bring it back down to just everyone's happy and having a good time mm-hmm. um, somebody that works in the neighborhood recently told me and this is one of the best professional compliments i've ever gotten that like i was so psyched to hear that from somebody mm. was that he like he told me he thinks that i'm the best de-escalator in the neighborhood and i mm. took that as like one of the best compliments because that's what i'm always aiming to do mm. when conflict does arise
0: mm-hmm. and, and what a neighborhood for conflict
1: <laughs> oh man yeah <laughs> uh
0: yeah. we're talking about downtown portland people it's always been a hot spot for uh buffoonery (laughs) but yeah um yeah there's a lot of i don't know we have we have a lot of nightclubs there's there's like really there's beautiful nature here and then there's just a lot of like drinking and gambling and food so there's a lot of nightlife yeah Um, and it's pretty densely packed and also there's a lot of homeless shelters and outreach places that are literally right next to one of the clubs where like a bottle of water comes in a glass bottle and it's like $15 is like right next to a homeless shelter. So it's like a really interesting mishmash of culture downtown. Yeah. here.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very interesting neighborhood. It's, it's a beautiful neighborhood, you know, all the old buildings and all that. Mm-hmm. I love getting to work in that neighborhood. But yeah, it can get hairy at times.
0: Mm-hmm. What was it? Oh, we were just talking about, so the PDX alerts where it'll post like the the cops or the EMTs, I think it might be the cops, dispatch. But they were talking about um, someone called in downtown about a naked a uh, woman who was aggressively masturbating and like throwing rocks at cars or something like that, and then in the comments I see uh, our coworker Epiphany. She's like, "Oh, that's so and so. Like, <laughs> that's nasty. Yep. Leave her alone."
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yep. must be a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah,
0: must be she's out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so it can get pretty adventurous. I mean, really, and this wasn't you. This was uh, our coworker. Shout out to Joel. But the other night, like, we're talking about de-escalation. So something I witnessed, and I could totally see you doing this, too, because you give out cigarettes to people, like.
1: I did when I still smoked. I, I quit cigarettes okay. last year. I've, I've switched over to vapes, and and I've managed to stay off cigarettes.
0: Oh, good. Okay. Months. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I always yeah, continue, when I, I would see you giving them out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I saw Joel last week, there was a guy who came up and like he was like, obviously, like had been outside for it seemed like a few days and he was intoxicated. And uh, one of the patrons, um, the sniveling little weaselly man, he, he said something very rude to the other guy. And the other guy almost like punched him in the skull. And Joel saw what was about to happen. He's like, oh, this little Weasley guy's going to get his butt kicked or his skull crushed. So he reached a cigarette out to the other dude. He's like, hey, man, you want this? Like, go for it. Just need to keep walking.
1: <laughs> and we're all yeah. like,
0: oh, my God, he just saved this Weasley guy's life. Yeah. You guys just have to do stuff like that all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's. uh it- it's been a definitely a learning process in, in dealing with how to, you know, just shoo some people away. And and sometimes it's just you got to throw them a couple bucks or whatever and then do exactly what Joel did and say, hey, I've got this for you. But if you got to if you take it, you got to keep moving, you
0: yeah, know? Yeah. So what are some of the things that seem to surprise people about the job? I imagine you talk to people about work in your personal life. Yeah.
1: People, people seem to really enjoy talking to me about being a bouncer and about the job and, you know, uh, there's like this preconceived idea that, you know, being a bouncer is all about like fighting and being a prick and, and a lot of people seem really surprised about like how friendly I am when I'm talking with them, like mm-hmm. they don't expect that from a bouncer. Mm-hmm. And as far as like fighting goes, they don't really realize, like I was saying, like de-escalation, like the good bouncers are the ones who are trained to prevent those fights before they happen. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's, there seems to be a lot of guys who think that like, oh, you know, I couldn't do your job. It'd be, there's just too much temptation there. You <laughs> know, like, Those, those are the guys that I don't want in my field of work right like you have no business doing my job if that's how you're thinking
0: oh so we're talking Uh, about temptation like them being uncontrollably aroused around their coworkers. yeah
1: being yeah being surrounded by beautiful naked women all night every night
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah like
0: like them acting out oh i couldn't handle it yeah yeah
1: if if yeah if that's a temptation for you then definitely don't get into my job
0: yeah, there you go. And that's really a problem. Like, maybe we'll, this will come up later. But, um, you know, one of the reasons I have you on the show is because you're a safer person to be around. And I've been in environments where the staff is not supportive and the staff is not reliable. And I'm not talking about like, oh, Elle's being a diva. She wants someone kicked out and like they didn't, you know, they don't need to be kicked out. I'm talking about like bouncers aggressively like snapping their coworkers underwear or sexually harassing them in other ways or asking them out and then like refusing to protect them if they don't humor it.
1: Right. Right. Terrible. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's definitely the wrong way to approach that job. And, and Mm -hmm. those are the kind of people that I don't want to work with.
0: Mm Mm-hmm so let's see what are some things like observations or anything you feel like you've learned about the work in bars and strip clubs either about people or yourself
1: yeah um i have always considered myself an introvert um getting into nightlife in general i've realized that i have like an extroverted side that i never really realized was there Mm -hmm. um pandemic life was really hard for me, largely because that like, big social setting that I got used to as a bouncer, like went away suddenly, and, and my social life kind of collapsed. And that was kind of a difficult thing. And that kind of took me by surprise, because I've always been very content to just spend time alone. And, you know, I used to joke that, uh, that, like when I watched the movie Castaway, <laughs> I, I always, I always said that Island seems a little cramped with that damn volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I'm really starting to realize like how much I do enjoy being around other people and getting to know other people and spending time with people. Mm. And, and it's, it's something that I am always excited to go to work. Cause I'm going to, get to have some fun interactions with people.
0: Oh my gosh. No way. You're not always excited to go to work. Are you? Not not. always. Not always. No, no, no. I,
1: I, yeah. It's hard to drag myself out of bed and start, start my day, but. Mm -hmm. But when it's fun, it's fun. When it's fun, it's fun. And like, when I take time off at work, I, I miss it. Pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's been a couple of times where I'm like, I start talking to you, and you're like, I'm not working, by the way. I'm just hanging out. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. You don't have your vest on, and you're like next to a beer. Like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you're an introvert. Okay. So what about other people? Um, I have learned from this job that a lot of people don't do things the way I would do things. And that's been really hard for me to reconcile. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I was, I prefer friendly interaction with everyone I encounter, like I said, but not everyone's interested in
0: that. Mm -hmm. You know,
1: there are some people who are just gonna stubbornly try and make everyone as miserable as possible and, and, you know, figuring out that other people are a factor in that and and figuring out how to deal with people like
0: that. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a self help book out there that I should read like on dealing with difficult people
1: a big thing for me is like learning to like trust gut instinct, Mm. right? A customer will come in and they're not necessarily doing anything wrong, but you get that uneasy feeling.
0: Mm.
1: Um, Your subconscious mind is picking up on something and trying to tell you that something is off Mm. and, and you're, it's, you pick up on those patterns and body language cues and you might not be able to pinpoint like what you think it is that's off about that person but you just have that gut feeling more often than not. Like I'm starting to realize like more often than not, when, when, you know, somebody raises the hair on the back of my neck, Mm -hmm. they, they wind up being a problem very often. Mm -hmm. So I'm learning to, to, at the very least, when I get that kind of gut feeling, I just kind of, you know, pay, pay attention. Mm -hmm. And, and, and then when that person does become a problem, I I'm a lot less taken off guard Mm -hmm. by it. You know, as I learned to trust that, like, gut instinct.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I think about that. Yeah, I think about that one a lot. Um, and I pride myself on consistently when I point to somebody and I'm like, that guy's going to be a problem or that lady's going to be a problem. And then they are. And I'm like, oh, I hate it when I'm right. How did yeah, I know that? Other than yeah, I yeah. like, hate it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So somebody else asked, so I sourced questions from uh, listeners of the show uh, who write to us at, theytalksex at protonmail.com and then also from people on social media. Somebody asked uh, if my guest, you, do you consider yourself a feminist?
1: You know, that's that's funny. When I interviewed with Megan for that documentary last mm. year, she asked me the same question. And it, it took me off guard not because not for any reason other than i like i don't often think of myself in terms of labels like Mm. that in all things religion politics sexuality anything like i don't really like think of myself in terms of labels Mm -hmm. but yeah absolutely i consider myself a
0: feminist
1: Mm. you know equality and equal rights like why wouldn't Mm -hmm. i are you a parent I am.
0: I have two okay. kids. I already knew that, but I just figured I'd ask in a way that made sense. host.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. We don't yeah. spend
0: time together. Um, <laughs> no. Not at all. I have to really. I want to. This is a. This is. I'm gonna put myself on the spot and uh, maybe you a little bit. Thank you for having the patience to put up with my jaded ass. Um, <laughs> seriously, a hundred percent. I. Oh, I'm so burnt out, but I still love this industry so much. It's just really hard right now, my dude.
1: It is. It's it's been so slow the past year and Yeah. And,
0: At least here, I'm curious about uh, you know, if I could take feedback from strip clubs all around the country, I would be fascinated to know like there's got to be like good economic bubbles somewhere, but it ain't here. So Right. Right. Yeah. And when money's bad, then People more likely to be grumpy, so I've been more likely to be grumpy. So thank you for putting up with me. (laughs) And
1: no, no, you're fine. I'm I'm okay,
0: you know. And then, and then I do see some of the other people you deal with, and I'm like, well, (laughs) yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Okay.
0: How many times have you seen me cry? Uh, Have you seen me cry yet?
1: Maybe Mm -hmm. once.
0: I okay.
1: Maybe once or twice, but Mm -hmm. yeah. How many times have you seen me yell? a couple of times yeah a couple times yeah I've seen it
0: it. Okay, so so everybody look up uh, Nate Hazen he's on Instagram at Nate Hazen and you'll find how that's spelled in the episode notes and then look up uh, his project account Strip City TV you're doing that with a buddy of yours yeah
1: yeah yeah he and I got to know each other at my first bouncer job Um, he was a Marine Corps vet as well and so we bonded over that and and he's a writer and we just kind of started developing our idea mm. and and because of because of that project that's why i moved over over into strip club mm. work i figured if we're going to write something about strip clubs i i wanted to maybe get some <laughs>
0: i should some probably work in a strip club specific
1: yeah. <laughs> some yeah some strip club specific experience absolutely so, that's the only way yeah. to
0: learn so, all right, <laughs> folks, find me, elstanger.com. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Elle here with a spicy secret. You have so many options for your relationship structure. Best-selling author, New York Times, and NPR contributor Dr. Jolie Hamilton is the expert who helps people custom-design relationships to get more out of what they want. If you're curious whether you or your partner are ready to open your relationship, grab the only research-backed open relationship quiz from Dr. Jolie Hamilton. Your results are free when you go to JolieQuiz.com. Welcome back to the Talk Sex podcast. This is the strip club and security episode Here's my disclaimer also that we're speaking to one bouncer and I am one stripper host. So obviously everyone has different experiences, but we're talking about some of ours in lovely hot mess, downtown Portland, Oregon. (laughs) Uh, If you like this show, which if you're listening, there's a good chance you do and you want more people to find it, please rate or review us on Spotify or Apple. I really want that five stars again because I'm competitive in healthy ways. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'm your host, El Stanger, and Nate Hazen is our certified bouncer. Uh, what is it? D-P-S-S-T? What does that mean?
1: Yeah, it, it stands for, I think, Department of Public Safety Standards and Training. Okay.
0: And that's something that all of you bouncer folks have to do through?
1: Yeah, anybody working as, in a security capacity in the state of Oregon has to be certified. Okay. by that. It's like a uh, like a state government agency.
0: So, let's do listener questions. Listener question one for Bouncer Nate. Can you tell me some very basic rules about going to a strip club? I don't want to look like an asshole or get kicked out.
1: That's such a great first question. I, I wish more people... Yeah. I, the the three things that I always tell people coming in right in the door, tip the dancers. Right is you're coming into a strip club. If it if you're just here to drink or you know play the lotto, go to another bar. Go to a bar where there's not strippers. If you're not do trying to do strip club things, then don't come to a strip club. So tip the dancers. They they work for tips Cheers. alone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So so pay them for the work they're doing for your entertainment. Mm-hmm. Don't touch the dancers. Keep your hands to yourself. It's a strip club, not a petting zoo. Lust with your eyes, not with your <laughs> hands. <laughs> and then no photography. Mm-hmm. No photos, videos, that goes for selfies, FaceTime calls. Mm-hmm. If if you're trying to deposit a check with, with mobile deposit on your bank, take it outside and do it outside. Mm-hmm. Nothing with a camera you do those three things and then be polite use use your manners don't be a mm-hmm. dick and and then consent mm-hmm. and c- bother take the time to find out like where the dancer's boundaries are and respect mm-hmm. those if you do those things you're going to have a great time we're all going to have a great time and it's going to be a good mm-hmm. night
0: yes thank you so that's that's really interesting i actually did not know what your top 3 was and now i do so First one, tip the dancers. Yes, absolutely. And I actually, yep, I yep. got a message from another stripper on Instagram. She said, how do you scold or encourage people to tip? Because she's found that some people genuinely do not know. They think we all just, like, make a ton of money somehow. It, like, falls out of the sky, I guess. Um and, yeah, there's – I could go into that, too. But my my main thing I ask people when they come in and they're just, like, there for a while and, like, not participating, I'm like, hey, did you know it was a strip club when you came in? And if they say yes, then I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> so you wouldn't come watch women dance naked for free, would you? Or, you know, people dance naked for free, would you? Like, what do you think exploitation means? Anyway, okay, so that's number one. Yeah, number right. two – The no touching thing is so nice to, yeah, just start with no touching and then otherwise ask, can I put this dollar on you? Can I touch your hair? Can I, you know, like whatever, slap your ass? It's a range. I've said no and yes to all of those questions, depending on where I worked and what the customer was like and how big the bill was. So ask, yeah. What was the the third thing? No pictures. No video. Photography. Oh my God. I have noticed that most of the people who make snaps or videos or do FaceTime calls in the club do not tip. They're never tipping. It's like they want to show they're there, but they're not actually adding to the environment. Right. Yeah. So, hey listeners, if you see a friend or a foe uh, posting from inside a strip club, be an ally and be like, oh, did you ask? Is that okay? Did you tip? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. And, and even that, like if you're inside the club and you want to get like a selfie with a dancer, like ask the dancer about it. And sometimes there'll be like a certain area of the club where, mm-hmm. you know, you can go and, and not like step on anyone else's toes. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, like at our club, we got that big red neon X out front. That's a great ah. backdrop to do photos and you're outside, right? Mm-hmm. like, why yeah yeah, why do you need to get those photos inside but but ask first Mm -hmm. like a lot a lot of the dancers are more than happy to get a selfie Mm -hmm. with you but like ask Mm -hmm. don't try and be sneaky Mm -hmm. about it
0: and also be okay with you know obviously hearing no because some people aren't out or they're like i don't look good right now or i don't feel like yeah can i have you know five dollars for it or ten or twenty or whatever yeah great right we're doing great so okay Listener question two: someone says, or someone asks if a worker tells me something isn't allowed, uh, what should I do if she's the one who says we are breaking the rules? So example, the venue says we can't touch, but the stripper is fine with it.
1: Right. Um, so yeah, when I say don't touch, that's like in the, in that last question, that's, that's, you know, the, the main floor at the stage. But like I said before too, consent, so some rules are universal. You're, you're going to a strip club. It's not like a brothel, right? You're not going to get laid. You're not going to get a blowjob or a hand job. Well, you job. might
0: at some strip clubs, um, but not at ours. <laughs> right. not, at, not at most. That's, that's at like, most. I, yeah, that's,
1: yeah, that's, that's like a legal liability thing. And, and, um, you know, if those things are happening, usually the customer is going to get removed and banned. If the dancer is complicit in those things, she's probably getting sent home and probably fired fired, because the club doesn't want that liability. And if she's not complicit in those things, then you, you got bigger problems with the customer than just being kicked out. Like that's,
0: Oh, like sexual assault. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly right
1: and that's happened you know a customer will just think it's okay to just stick a finger somewhere he has no business sticking it or she has
0: no business sticking it
1: yeah 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 Yeah. yeah, that's a good point that a lot of times some of the most problematic customers are are the women that come in and think because they're women it's just okay to
0: do anything they want grab or touch anything they want yeah yeah Yeah. Entitlement's a funny drug. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I would like to add to it. So yes, it, yes, you are correct. I agree. You're correct. Do not go to a strip club with the baseline expectation that you're going to have an orgasm or ejaculate or fall in love. Yeah. Right. Well, you might fall in love, but um, it's not the girlfriend store and we're, we're not yes. built for ejaculations is what I say. Um, However, there are people that, you know, can and do extras. But again, if you get caught, it might be a big problem, uh, depending on your local ordinances or if the police do right. prostitution, and anti-prostitution raids, which is inhumane and they shouldn't do that, but right, I don't want to get fired uh, if I get caught doing something. So I'll, right, right. I'll tend to work within the boundaries of the venue. Um, which really sucks when like, I'm, I'm more comfortable with touching than the venue is, you know, in some cases yeah right so i guess just if you as a client are in a position where the dancer is telling you it's okay but the bouncer is telling you it's not i really don't have an easy answer for you because you might get in trouble with one or the other person so that's why i say when you find a provider you like and you trust them show up go to that provider because they're probably not going to fuck you over
1: right right and and you know if if that's the kind of thing the dancer is okay with the club isn't the venue for that but if you establish a you know a customer dancer relationship with that dancer she might be open to something off site yeah, like not not at work but but mm-hmm. if if you know you trade numbers and everything and arrange something outside of the club that's always a possibility and i've known dancers who offer that sort of thing mm-hmm. when they're not at work mm-hmm.
0: so we're-
1: but just just be aware of of You know, the club is not the the place for that sort of transaction.
0: Yeah. And again, like the word prostitution is such a loaded word, but some places are really like some states will even try to. I mean, there's strippers that have said that they can't take their heels off while they're doing a dance because they'll get fired for soliciting prostitution where they live. Because taking your shoes off apparently means your DTF.
1: (laughs) right right i've heard things like that from people who have danced in other states and
0: so i wish that prostitution was decriminalized and then adults wouldn't get punished for interacting consensually and they could just work it out amongst themselves but we know that yeah that'd be great um okay listener question three what are the other ways i can support dancers or staff if i don't feel comfortable sitting at the stage or getting dances i like this one as an introvert i don't like sitting at the stage actually
1: i'm i'm the same way when i go into the club when it's you know not my night to work i i don't usually go and sit at the stage either
0: um
1: but but that's that's a great question um you don't have to sit at the stage to tip you know i'll if i'm at the club and i'm sitting at the bar talking to people or whatever i i still walk up to the stage and throw a couple bucks up there and then go back to my seat yeah that's that's totally allowed um and there's, there's other ways you can support the dancer too. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever known a dancer who wasn't, who wasn't, uh, didn't have food on the brain, like at all times, <laughs> right? Like, like find out, find out what kind of food she's in the mood for and bring it to her. Like, she'll be stoked, you know, the uh, bring her, bring her a couple of joints or something, yeah, yeah. Um, buy buy her a drink. Um, these dancers, a lot of them have digital content. You can, you can buy d- d- only fans or, or whatever mm-hmm. other sites so you do, like what cam mm-hmm, soda, you know, there's, there's digital content you can buy, um, offered a tip through like Venmo or cash mm-hmm. app. Um, one thing that I've seen a customer do a few times that I thought was really cool is like offering to pay the dancers tip outs and or stage yeah, fees. Yes. Yeah,
0: stage fee fairy. Mm-hmm
1: or you know find out if she has like an Amazon wish list something like that like a lot of a lot of dancers do stuff like that they'll have like a, a wish list and and you mm-hmm.
0: can
1: get her something off of that like there's be creative you know there's there's a few good suggestions mm-hmm. right there uh, be creative That's with it good- there's plenty of ways yeah
0: i like all yeah. of those uh the only thing on food i i and others don't we have trust issues. I don't, I don't trust stuff that you made yourself. So like if you want to, or, or, or dash right. me or something. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Order
0: food from the club if they have it. Yes, exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You know, bring something from another restaurant, whatever, but yeah, like find out Yeah. what, kind of food she's wanting because i get asked by dancers to run out around the neighborhood and pick up food for them all i am the time. Complicit
0: in that i'm sorry i've had i've had co-workers oh <laughs> no no i'd be like oh i don't I mind at her. all
1: but yeah like there's there's always dancers wanting food it's that's like a constant on this job there are dancers wanting
0: food <laughs> you know it's a lot of exercise um Yeah. Okay. So ooh, this is an interesting one. Um, All right. So a male civilian actually asked this. Uh, He says, how do you feel you? Well, we can each share about this. Nate, how do you feel about power dynamics in the club? Do you have thoughts on tip outs and how they could increase likelihood of favoritism?
1: okay so i never have a problem with a dancer not tipping me out like like we were talking about at the beginning of this Mm -hmm. this podcast like it's been really slow lately you know Mm -hmm. uh there there are a lot of nights a dancer says well like i'll be walking her out and she'll say i just didn't make any money tonight i said don't I always tell them, don't apologize. I'm, I was in the same room you were, Mm -hmm. you know, like a slow night's a slow night. Mm -hmm. Like who the fuck would I be to, to expect you to tip me out anyways, even though you didn't make anything. Do you make it? I'm making hourly. I'm making hourly. Yeah. So if tips, tips are a great way to incentivize good security, but if you're not making money, I don't expect to make money off of you.
0: Mm -hmm. Again, this is why you're on the show. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, like my hope is that like if if a dancer has a really good night and sells a bunch of dances and makes a ton of money, like I would hope they would take care of me, but I trust them to do right by me as they see it mm-hmm. and and it works out for me-
0: mm-hmm. good, yeah, that's good to hear um it sucks and what we're talking about for power dynamics for people who aren't really understanding it can be really uncomfortable and put you in a really shitty place when, because you didn't make any money because partly security either wasn't encouraging good patron conduct or tipping um, or you're dealing with harassment all night. If you don't make any money and then at the end of the shift, the bouncers or the bartender or the DJ or everyone is like, what the hell? Where's my cut? It's like, well, where do you expect it to come from if I have $30 or $70 and then my my drive home or my lift home might be 30 or $40. Like, so it, it sucks because it puts some strippers like low earners on a shit list that it is really hard for them to get out of. And then I see staff. Yeah. Staff will like micromanage them kind of like bully them. I don't see this where we work, but again, I've been doing this for 14 years and I worked in like 10 clubs. So.
1: Right. And I have known other bouncers who do get like super upset, if there's no tip out and Mm -hmm. I just, I, I don't work that way.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Good. And again, yep. That's that's why you're on the show. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I've only worked with you for two years, but I'm like, he's a good one. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy working with you. Good. I try to bring the monies or at least like the laughs. I don't know. Uh, Okay. Last listener question. I thought this one was kind of peculiar. So I figured I'll just throw it on here. Someone says, how or do you search for clear liquids at entry? What happens if you find some?
1: No outside beverages. You're, you're going into a club. There's, there's water available to you. There are alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages available. You don't need to bring something in with you. You know, uh, if, if it's just like a, you know, a plastic, water bottle just just leave it dump it Mm -hmm. um if it's like a reusable water bottle like a hydro flask or something that there's a water station inside our club and and if there's not a water station at that club more often than not the the bartender will be happy to to fill you up with water on your way out
0: Mm -hmm. and if you don't have water there you probably shouldn't be there that sounds not safe (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah so dump it out you can refill it on your way out yeah that's Yeah, that's a non-issue, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
0: yeah. What's the strangest thing that anyone's ever tried to bring in? I'm trying to think.
1: Oh man, Um, yeah. Give me a second on that one. I
0: I asked uh, strippers once, like, what's the strangest gift you've received? And someone said something like an entire king crab that was like recently caught and it was on ice. (laughs) Uh, Huh. Yeah, I don't know where they live. Not here. Uh, someone else said, ooh, I had a client bring me a hatchet, like a small little axe for one of my birthdays, I think. Oh,
1: interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was
0: I was really being into chopping wood at that time. Um, no, I still have it. But I remember he was like, um, it's wrapped, but am I going to be able to get through the door because this is a literal weapon? It's like, yeah, I'll meet you through the door. What else?
1: I don't know. I, I end up having to stash skateboards for people every once in a while. Right.
0: I'm thinking about bikes and um, skateboards. Bikes yeah. A, inside.
1: a lady brought in one of those like electric scooters once. Had to find a place to stash that for her. Mm.
0: Um Like it was hers and not the city rental?
1: Right. Yeah. Know. Yeah. It was a personally owned one.
0: People bring in a lot of dogs in our club. Probably in Portland club. Yeah. A lot of dogs. Little dogs. Yeah. yeah. As long as yeah, they're...
1: Yeah. As long as the dog is well behaved, like at our club, you know, if that, if the dogs well behaved, I don't have a problem with it. If the dog is having a good time too, then
0: (laughs) if the dog is tipping and not taking pictures, (laughs) we're totally fine with the dog. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Yeah. 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 Keep,
1: keep your paws to yourself. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right. We're going to take another break. Uh, everybody look me up on Twitter at L Stanger and find Nate Hazen on Instagram. If you're a regular listener, you know we believe in both mind-blowing and safer sex. The good news is, you can choose pleasure and protection at once with Kimono Microthin condoms. Microthin's premium latex and ultra-thin design let you share heat and sensations with your partner for extra satisfying sex. Feel protected, feel everything with Kimono Microthin. Use code 20microthin at Amazon for 20% off your next kimono purchase through June 27th. Welcome back to They Talk Sex podcast. I'm your host, Elle Stanger. Uh, See my boobs and uh, other fun stuff on (laughs) patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. Uh, You'll find my porn on the top right corner. Click the three X's on lstanger.com. We're talking about strip club and security. This is the strip club and security episode with bouncer of Portland, Oregon, Nate Hazen. All right, Nate. I... (sighs) So do you think there's a common, any kind of common reactions from people who are being asked to leave or kicked out of a venue?
1: (laughs) Um, okay. So there isn't like one universal reaction. Um, there's, there's some who go willingly. Uh, there's, there's, there's to their credit, there's a good deal of people who you say, Hey, because of this, I got to ask you to leave for the night. And, and a lot of people are are good about it and will just, okay. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Mm. And they'll go. Um, some people just sit there and say, Oh no, no, I'm not leaving like like that's going to somehow work out for them. <laughs> once I tell you you got to leave, you're going to leave.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't see people dragged out of there very often, but I I you know, it's happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's th- there is a group of people who like to argue. You know, I tell them they got to leave and they'll do this thing that, that you're not unique when you do this. <laughs> but you'll you'll like demand to know what you did wrong. Right. And then you'll start to try and like argue the whole thing in circles. And, and it'll always come back with, well, why don't you tell me what I'm doing wrong? Mm. And I've already told you what you did wrong. And and they'll try and just like oh God do this weird like, yeah, arguing it in circles to try and delay or prevent having to leave Ew. And it, it, oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. It's obnoxious. And, you know, if I ever seem like I'm not interested in having a conversation with you when I'm kicking you out, it's because I've already done this before. Right? You know, it's fucking annoying. I hate it.
0: I would not want to um, date anybody. Those people sound terrible in relationship. Like gaslighting's hell.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Why is? What do you mean?
1: It's annoying as shit. You're still gonna leave. Like just, just go. Just go. Just go. Right.
0: Keep your dignity intact. Yeah.
1: yeah try and every once in a while there are people who want to try and get aggressive and turn it into a fight and like i was saying earlier that's where de-escalation comes in handy
0: yeah you're also like six foot yeah. two right i'm
1: six two yeah. yeah that helps so and that's that's one of my uh, biggest assets on the job is just being a big dude yeah
0: no that's great yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh so tell me tell us about the film tv project you're working on what format are you hoping to do
1: yeah, we're looking at we're looking at doing TV. Um we've talked about it and you know if it comes down to it and we got to maybe like modify it into a movie then we're open to doing that, but right now we're looking at at TV. Um we've got a we've got a pilot written for a sitcom <laughs> that's based in a Portland strip club. <laughs> um we're we're calling it Strip City, you know, a play on the the whole Portland Rip City thing. Oh, um
0: basketball. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, think along the lines of it's always sunny in Philadelphia or like the movie
0: clerks.
1: (laughs) So some, some influence on from like the office, you know, kind of like the, the cutaway, like interview mockumentary kind of format. There's some of that in there too. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. We're right now. We're I've been approached by a couple investors who want to help us, uh, film our pilot so i'm putting together the money thing for that right now and i'm getting things going with I've, I've got a director locked on who also is a has worked as a strip club bouncer oh good um yeah so we're, we're working on it we've got some potential connections to maybe you know find a streaming service or or something to to pick it up once we get it filmed Mm. but yeah we're we're still working on it it's been a long time coming we've we're about five years into it now of just like trying to find that trying to find that way to make it happen
0: right well keep me posted and it's
1: just oh yeah yeah I will and and you know hopefully something comes of it Mm -hmm. I'm I'm kind of being stubborn about it I've spent the last five years just every, every potential connection I meet somebody and find out that they do you know, something in that area, mm-hmm. you know, TV and film and stuff, I'll, I'll start talking about it. I, I can be obnoxious about it sometimes, I think.
0: Oh, I haven't um, seen that but, yet. But well, just keep in mind, I do consulting for stuff like that TV and film. So let me know.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, let's but, make it happen.
1: Yeah, it, it it is looking it is looking lately, like like things are kind of coming together on that
0: Oh, wonderful. so good.
1: yeah, you know, hopefully, hopefully soon we'll uh, get going on filming it and and hopefully it'll be a thing.
0: Good. I think every time I work about how I wish I could make a show um or something, like cause really, there's just so much that can happen, and there's so much to me seems like symbolism or like funny little stories, situational humor, you know, uh, yeah, character development, intrigue. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, I think like like I mentioned I got into strip club work because of this project we're trying to do and so I have the whole time I've worked in strip clubs I've I've come into it with a very open eye because I'm always looking for those things that I can write about. Mm-hmm. And so I I observe a lot. Mm -hmm. I pay attention to what's going on around me because I'm always looking for material. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's been a real asset for me. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I have a good feel for, for what's going on there Mm -hmm. because I'm paying attention to everything.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. As much as possible. So let's talk about some of the everything. Uh, we both work with a lot of people, uh, people coming and going, uh, let's talk about grief. Let's talk about death, tragedy, accident. Uh, yeah, yeah. Someone else passed away a couple of days ago, and they didn't work at our club, but we're seeing folks reacting to that.
1: Yep, yep. And and so my my writing partner for this for this show is he he worked at the club where that dancer died, and uh, mm. you know we we just lost one of ours.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: what was a little over a month ago now, I think about a month and a half. Yeah. And so that's, I, you know, I've been talking to him about that and it's, it's, you know, part of the thing that I find I get such like job satisfaction about doing this work is like being able to make a living as a protector. Mm. Right. I, 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 feel good about what I do and, and losing, losing Nicole, that was a harsh reminder that it doesn't, that protection, it doesn't carry over when I'm off the clock. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't be there protecting everybody all day, every day. We close up the club and everyone goes home. And at that point, Mm -hmm. other people's safety is out of my hands. And that's been kind of a, kind of a harsh reminder lately. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I, I was in the military. I went to the, I went to war. I lost friends in Iraq and, you know, that was, that was a hard thing, but there's also a thing there where, you know, we all voluntarily joined the military during wartime. You know, we knew what we were doing. We knew what the risks were, what we were getting ourselves into Mm. and what could possibly happen to us. You know, I, I went there. Okay. With the idea that it, could go bad for me and I could, you know, get blown up or shot or whatever. Mm. Uh, you know,
0: it's different for dancers. So
1: it, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard losing those friends, but like they were in the same boat. I was, we all made that decision mm-hmm. when it's a dancer that, that I've worked to protect mm. that, that hits different. It's, it's hard. It's been a tough pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Every time you put me in the car or put everyone in the car, you always say, get home safe. He,
1: I, I say that to every dancer I walk out and I always mean it. And yeah. you know, that there's that, that thing of, you know, maybe you do get home safe, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I might not see you again anyway. Right. So yeah. Like, like, right. yeah. Tell the people you care about that you care about them and, and, mm-hmm.
0: I'm tearing up too. <sighs> uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Nicole, um, Jake. He was not a dancer, but he worked in the industry He was, yeah. And he died like, yeah. like three weeks or a month before she did. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was it was right on the heels of Jake that we lost Nicole, and right. yeah, it's. it's- a tough couple of months there
0: it's been a tough yeah it's been a tough few years um yeah a lot of deaths in the industry compared to what i was used to and i've seen oof this sounds this sounds heavier because i'm talking to a bouncer but i've known four or five bouncers that i've worked with to die in the last decade in some years um yeah
1: yeah even like i've only been in this for about what? Four? 2019. So like four years I've been in strip clubs and I've, yeah, there've been a couple that I knew who have passed mm-hmm. since then. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: And I don't know what it is. Um, I mean, alcohol is a factor. Sometimes suicide is a factor. Sometimes a uh, car accident is a factor. Sometimes gun violence is a factor sometimes to all of these deaths, you know, and other things. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. not strip club. Or industry specific.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: But there's a lot of intersections. So I think that's why our population tends to uh, potentially yeah, be more endangered to things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even, you know, at the place where we work, I've had guns pointed at me a couple of times. Oh, and, uh, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh yeah. It's always a, a concern at least i i saw a homeless guy accidentally shoot himself in the <gasps> dick
0: that was last like, summer that was last summer. i think it
1: was last summer yeah yeah, yeah. i was
0: after I, it was like an hour after i left but i heard oh god oh yeah god.
1: like like just halfway down the block from where we were yeah. like over there at shanghai tunnel he was sitting on the picnic benches there and fiddling around with a gun and accidentally shot himself
0: oh my god
1: yeah so it's yeah
0: yeah, there's just always
1: danger thing. always lurks. but Yeah,
0: yeah. I definitely will. You see me. I'm like, if I'm yeah. sitting out there by the little fire. So, OK, people who are not familiar. So we're basically next to something called Ankeny Alley, which has like some food and then another strip club. That's our sister club, Kit Kat Club. And then there's Voodoo Donut, which is like world famous at this point. And then Burnside, yeah. Burnside Street is a major street that is east to west that is like.
1: It's the dividing line between north and south Portland. Portland. Right.
0: And then we're two blocks from the river, which is the dividing line between east and west Portland. Um, yeah. So we're like very much like down in the concrete jungle. And if I'm sitting out there and just like having my water or if I'm smoking weed again, like I do not put my back to the street.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You do not. I do
0: not. <laughs> it's too much. I've,
1: i Yeah. Yeah yeah you want to be able to and and that's it's funny like when i'm standing outside talking to people like my head's always moving back and forth to to see what's what's going on up the street and down the street and and a lot of people get thrown by that yeah they're like because i'm
0: paying attention you're like no i'm paying attention it's like like, no no no
1: no, i'm listening keep going keep going i'm just like paying attention to what's going on around me Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's definitely a a part of town where you, you want to do that mm-hmm. and be aware of what's going on around you.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're not trying to scare folks. Like, but I mean, Oh yeah. It's, it's lively, but again, there's a lot of stuff going on. So just like, keep looking around like drunk people, yep. tourist people, people driving the wrong way down to down second. That happens a lot.
1: It's like every single night. Yeah. Yeah. People turn off a Burnside the wrong way on to second. Every time I work, there's, there's somebody who tries either does it or tries to do and it. And this is why I, see I, that. I
0: tell people, I'm like, look both ways, even if you're crossing a one way street, because I've also driven the wrong way down the street and I don't, I know other people do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So as we begin to close our episode, I'm curious, um, do you feel like your work impacts or informs any of your dating or sexual practices?
1: Um, yeah, I think a little bit. Um, you know for one thing like i'm i'm definitely not as impressed just by like a pretty face mm-hmm. right I, I work with beautiful women like if if all you are is pretty like you're not bringing like <laughs> that the, you there's got to be some substance to you mm-hmm. um but but like there's there's ways that it affects that for me like like i night work means you know i sleep when I guess normal people, day walkers, are out living their lives. It's like it—it it can be hard to meet people mm-hmm. when you know when you know I don't exist when the sun is out. Pretty much, right. you know. That's right. Um, you I, stay there I,
0: later. I, you close everything. Yeah,
1: down. yeah. I usually, I usually get out of there between maybe like three thirty, four in the morning. I'm usually winding down and going to sleep as the sun's coming up.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So, so the majority of people I meet and get to know are, you know, customers, dancers, bartenders, other bouncers, like, like people in and around the industry is, is really like the majority of who I actually interacting with in life. Mm-hmm. That can be a, a, a big time limiting factor. Um, And then like, as far as dancers, so I've got a rule for myself at work. It's my own little professional limitation on myself, and I have. I'll, I'll get to it. I have a reason for this rule. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't make a move on the dancers I work with, right? I've got a job to do, and that's providing a safe, comfortable workplace for you guys to do your job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And 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 you mentioned you know a, earlier a, a bouncer like asking the dancers out and then like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know maybe not given as good a security service Mm -hmm. to that dancer if she doesn't humor him on that you know like I don't want to undermine that by by treating the dancers I work with as like my dating pool right Mm. um and I'm gonna tell on myself a little bit here (laughs) you know I have that that rule for a reason Mm -hmm. i i did make a dancer uncomfortable once Mm. we were hanging out outside of work and i was drunk and started like rubbing on her leg while i was talking to her i realized quickly that i was making her uncomfortable and i stopped but like that damage was done Mm -hmm. and i hated that feeling i hated that feeling you know like like i let her down and and you know betrayed that trust that she has Aww. in me as, as her bouncer. Right. Mm-hmm. I carry that feeling with me to work and it keeps me focused on what I'm there to do.
0: Do you feel like, and it's you okay if you don't want to include this, do you feel like there's been enough repair in the meantime? Well,
1: that's the thing. Like when you fuck up in life, you can't take the fuck up back, but what you can do is learn from it, grow from it, do better going forward. And that's what I've done. Yay! Hey,
0: that's what um, this was about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and you know, that, that rule for myself doesn't mean I'm against dating or hooking up with the dancers I work with, but they have to kind of make the first move. Mm-hmm. And that's worked out for me a couple of times.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it happens. I but like, I can think of a couple but,
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you know who, but uh yeah, it but but they gotta make the first move there. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I talked to uh It's funny, I talked to a a longtime person in the industry, and uh, I had actually, I I had asked him, I was like, how come you never, like, you've never hit on me, like, really at all, and I never see you hit on any other dancers, but I know you interact with, with a handful of us. Uh, sexually and like personally, I'm like, how does that happen? And he was like, I don't make the first move. He's like, I always wait for them to make the first move. This way, they'll never be uncomfortable. And I was like, oh fuck,
1: exactly, yeah. So
0: you're not alone in that. And I'll tell you who that is later when we're not recording.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah.
0: Um... But yeah, that's that's
1: a pretty good like rule of thumb as a bouncer, like let them make the first move because. You know, eventually they will.
0: Right. Yeah. If you, yeah, That's right, been my experiences. For sure. And I you know, I say that to customers, too, honestly. I'm like, because I'll have, I'll have a strip club customers be like, hey, I have a crush on so-and-so, your coworker, but I don't know if they like me or if they're just hustling me. And my answer is always like, if they ask you to hang outside of work for free, they probably like you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i let, let them lead. Um, And also strippers, because I've met strippers too that were like unclear. And I'm going to tell you, if you start hanging out with them for free, you can never have them back as a customer. So make sure it's only if you really like them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) I had a baby with one and I uh, loved brian so much the other and they mm, those too, mm, as, as yeah. Clients. yeah but uh, i gotta make the first move uh strippers yeah all right So <laughs> thank you so much for being here today i have one more question i ask every guest this do you have any last sex tips for our audience
1: yeah i've i once i read that question when you sent it to me i gave that some thought and you know i think what i'm gonna say is pay attention to your personal relationship with shame Woo shame is an emotion you can't prevent emotions you're gonna you're gonna feel it but the shame is almost always based on like either the the judgments of others or like the perception or the fear of judgment from others Mm -hmm. right you're holding yourself back because of what other people might think of you like so what you do with that emotion I think it can make a big difference. Hmm. You know, you give into it, that's you're going to be sexually repressed and you're not going to experience the things you want to experience, or you can, you can ignore it and do those things anyways, or you can, you can just embrace it. Like if you can turn shame into like a kink, that that's like, I've, I've done that a little bit and, and that can be super powerful. So pay it. Pay attention to shame and what you do with it. Mm. And I think I think tweaking that can can make a huge difference. Mm.
0: I forgot to ask: Did you want to share your OnlyFans or no? <laughs> um, I mean,
1: sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, Johnny Banana.
0: Johnny Banana. Banana. Yeah. So OnlyFans.com. <laughs> yeah. Um, Forward slash Johnny yeah. Banana, and it is sounding stuff.
1: Yeah, I do quite a bit of that on there. I like. I don't have a whole lot of content. I don't really have a lot of subscribers, so I don't do much with it. If you know, if people start jumping on there and subscribing i'll i'll definitely uh ramp it up and start making more and better content oh yeah uh, oh
0: yeah such is the way yeah yeah. but if folks here are interested i just want to give them a little idea of what they might find if they go there so sounding enthusiasts there's a few yeah really valuable uh limited edition clips of nate hazen
1: (laughs) 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 yeah yeah sounding is one of those things that i always thought sounded super like weird and uncomfortable until i Tried it for myself, and I was blown away by it. like it's incredible. Hell yeah! Everyone who doesn't um, know what that
0: is, is is web searching it right now, and they're like, oh. <laughs> "Oh,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." Hey, fellas, if you're hearing this and you're like, "What the fuck is that?"
0: Hmm.
1: Give it a try. Give it a try. You might be pleasantly surprised. We
0: got some real kinksters out there in the world. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Nate.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. This has been a great.
0: This has been really fun. I will see you on, what day is it? I will see you on Tuesday or Saturday.
1: <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll see you then.
0: Yeah, okay, everybody, look up Nate Hazen at Nate Hazen and find me your host, Elle Stanger, on Elstanger.com. Until next time.